let's just kind of put it into perspective as far as like what you're getting into mm-hmm. uh, when you sign up for a, a, a half iron distance. Yep. Um, so obviously triathlon, swim, bike, run. Swim, bike, Start run. There. Yes. All right. Your swim is 1.2 miles. Whew. So that's like... All the cyclists are out. Yeah. <laughs> right now we lost uh, 80% of the cyclists. <laughs> Gone. <laughs> What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Coaches on Couches. Bing Slouches. I am Coach Dale Sanford. And I am Coach Bryant Funston. We are the co-founders of BPC Performance Coaching, where we specialize in helping time-crunched athletes optimize their busy schedules so they can maximize their athletic performance. Every BPC coach is trained in our five pillars coaching system that has been developed over the last 11 years, through our work with athletes of all ages and ability levels, almost 12, from fresh off the couch to world championship competitors, you can find out more about BPC by going to buildpeakcompete.com, checking Facebook and YouTube at buildpeakcompete, or all up on that Instagram at BPC Performance. I guess we could say and instead of or right there, huh? All of the above. Just check them all. Check them all out. I threw that in there and tried to throw you off. Yeah, I was I was rock solid. <laughs> I was locked in, it's almost, Dale. It's almost 12 years. Almost 12, 12 in May, huh? Yeah. Man. All right, so uh, on Not the as young as we used to be. Today, we have no one. None. No, no none puppies. No, none yet. No, no nothing. Uh, but we do have a pretty timely topic. Yes. Um, we've that, got, you know, with the onset of the, the Ironman Memphis 70.3, mm-hmm. um, I've we've seen a pretty good uptick in uh, triathletes, people jumping in uh, triathlon mm-hmm. uh, because of that event, rightfully so. Yeah, definitely. Um, but you know, I think there's a lot of people that maybe don't necessarily understand what they're getting into or or how to properly train for it, and maybe uh, you know maybe they're not sure a coach is is right for them, or they'll just kind of jump on a plan whenever they feel like they need to but what we're going to do today is we're going to lay out kind of the the beginner the couch to 70.3 um plan so uh w- one thing i will put out there is this is going to be this is going to be a little bit more of a basic rundown of it uh kind of just a guide but um if you want to kind of get the full breakdown you can go on our website buildpeakcompete.com slash i-m-m-e-m and we've got a 90 minute <laughs> that is not i a m that's no. i m as in iron man yeah m e m m e m for memphis yep. yeah and so we went through this last year a like, quick 90 minutes yeah quick 90 minutes <laughs> we went through it last year in detail even breaking down like what type of efforts you should be doing when um when to take transition when to like we're we broke it down pretty detailed so if you got the time and you want to uh, really dive into it, you can go to that uh, that website and check that out. All right. So you, you signed up for a 70.3. Yeah, you're either signed up or maybe you're thinking about it, right? Yeah, yeah. You could be the procrastinators out there, which there's a lot of us. Yep. I'll, I'll put myself in that, that uh, bucket. But you may be thinking, okay, like, 
what all does this entail? You may not realize the, the, uh, what it all entails, but you also may be thinking, okay, I'm going to wait as long as I can. Like, when's the last, like, when's the latest I can start training? Which we're going to run, we're, we're going to cover here in a second. Yeah. But I know that's probably going through some people's minds. You may haven't signed up yet, but you're probably thinking about, okay. Well, let's just kind of put it into perspective as far as, like, what you're getting into mm-hmm. uh, when you sign up for a, a, a half iron distance. Yep. Um, so, obviously, triathlon, swim, bike, run. Swim, bike, start run. there. Yes. All right, your swim is 1.2 miles. Woo! So that's like... All the cyclists are out. Yeah. <laughs> right now we lost uh, 80% of the cyclists. <laughs> Gone. <laughs> so that's like roughly 2,100 yards. All right. 56-mile uh, bike. 56. Give or take. Cyclists are back. On the... Cyclists are back. <laughs> yeah. Depending They're on like, I got that. the course. Uh, some are a little bit longer or shorter. Um, and then a half marathon, 13.1 mile run. Cyclists are gone. <laughs> Cyclists are back out. <laughs> Cyclists are back out. Why would you ruin a good bike ride is what they're saying. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but that's kind of what you're, you're up against here. And so like, um, what kind of what I've seen over the years for, and there's a, there's a guy out there that breaks down statistics and all this stuff. But, um, what I've seen over the years for the first, first time, uh, average times for people who actually put the training in um is usually somewhere between six and seven hours on a, a half iron uh there are plenty of people who will bust six mm-hmm. and stuff like that uh i've seen some occasionally you get a you get a uh just a you know really fit person jumps in and they'll break five in the first one mm-hmm put it into perspective the pros are going under four hours uh you which, know what's your uh PR? i don't remember 430 something like that um but we're for the internet uh and results being there we could say like 404 yeah no <laughs> no it's been a while since i've done one which yeah. is why i was really excited to, to jump in last year to kind of see because it's been i haven't done long course since 2011 Short course is not a crime. Short course is not a crime. I love it. So I like racing. I race, yeah. like racing hard. Um, but that's kind of where you're at. So you're looking at kind of a six to seven hour finish time. Um, Do you know like offhand what is the what is like the average time across the boards? You know, is it it's like in, six. It's in the sevens. Oh, is it really? It okay. is. Uh, well, when you when you break down every competitor, yeah, it it trails toward the slower end. Uh, so it's, I, it is, I think the average is over seven hours okay. and it's highly course dependent, but, yeah. um, but yeah. Um, but I would say the people who put in the work generally finish between six and seven. Okay. Um, so like what you're like, you're looking at trying to get into is like, as far as a training perspective goes is your, your peak hours let's just put it that way so the biggest weeks of training that you're going to do are somewhere between 10 and 14 hours occasionally i'll have an athlete who is a little bit more competitive that'll hit that kind of 15 16 hour mark um but generally between 10 and 14 hours on the biggest weeks and you know so there's probably a six week block there where volume is really high Mm -hmm. Um, and, and that's what's important for people, especially those on the fence. Like you, you got to know what's going to be expected for you to yeah, be successful with this. You're you're getting into a a distant a sport in a distance that is 
you you can't fake the long stuff. Yeah. Like it's all about fatigue resistance. Like when you're just preparing to finish, like mm-hmm. it's all about fatigue resistance. So you can't you can <laughs> you you may not finish uh, really well or with a smile on your face or mm-hmm. or walking. You may be crawling, but um, you know you just you can't blow off the long stuff. Yeah. So. Uh, you're, you're probably going to be doing somewhere between eight and eleven training sessions a week because you are preparing for three sports. Mm-hmm. So for those of you who are maybe coming from a cycling or running background, you have to be prepared, or swimming background, you have to be prepared to do uh, two sessions in a day sometimes. Yep. So that's a whole other topic, but very important. I mean, it, it's where planning in advance. We've done. Uh, podcast before on you know how to how to make sure you hit your workouts right right so the the planning in advance but it's a big jump going from you know five sessions a week to eight nine ten eleven sessions absolutely and you know peak hours 10 to 14 that doesn't account for your time spent you know before and after right so you're, you're getting into a lot of training but we have numerous time crunch athletes who who can make it happen so uh, don't let that deter you from signing up we just want you to be aware of that on the front end sure and so kind of get to kind of further this um again just so you know what you're getting into this is just an average based on the athletes that we work with um either personally or in our training groups your longest let's talk about your longest efforts Mm -hmm. your, your longest like pool swim uh, will be like straight swim will be somewhere between 2000 and 2100 yards straight. I always give people the straight swim. A lot of coaches don't do it. I give them a straight swim because it's a confidence booster for just about everyone. Once you finish that straight swim, the, the swim is not a, it's not a stress point anymore. Mm. So, um, 2100 yards, something like that. You'll probably get into doing like a, a 3000 yard set, um, you know, some, some more, some may only get to that 2000, 2500 yard total set, but, mm-hmm. uh, the straight swim longest would be somewhere between 2000, 2100 yards on the bike. Um, we try to get people to do at least 60 miles on the bike. Um, and that's obviously hugely variable on time. Um, some of our more competitive athletes will do upwards of 80 or more uh, yeah. miles on their longest ride. Um, you know, so that's somewhere in the four hour mark on the bike. Mm-hmm. So put that in the back of your head, uh, on the run somewhere between 10 and 14 miles. Um, it's about a two. Usually we do a lot by time, especially for new athletes because the, the fitness variance is so large mm-hmm. two hour run somewhere that'll be somewhere between 10 and 14 miles for for a lot of people um so that's kind of where you're at now you may be thinking what what about these brick workouts i keep hearing about um you know i i don't do a ton of like long bricks i don't necessarily tell tell everyone what what a brick is for those that may it's just a bike and then a run workout and personally when i think of bricks I think of an actual workout where you're constantly doing like a bike and then a run, a bike and then a run. So it may be brick intervals is what I take as a brick workout. 
where you're other, prioritizing both disciplines right. on the same day. Right. And the other the other one I considered a transition run. So you're just running off the bike, basically. It's not necessarily a brick, in my opinion. But um, I don't do a lot of long bricks with people because, for the most part, the risk-reward isn't necessarily there if you're on, like, a big, high-volume training load. I do generally give them, like, one last... Like, I'll do transition runs off the bike and usually max that out for a half iron somewhere in like the six mile mark um something like that um but i'll do one last kind of brick workout after the big block of training and that one will still max out at at eight miles depending on the athlete um and that's not going to be like the full like you know 60 miles and then eight mile brick I will take that down to, I mean, they might get 60 if they're a, you know, upper level athlete, but it'll be work in that, you know, two and a half to three hour ride. And then kind of a race pace run off the bike of six to eight miles. And that'd be the longest, like the, the big trap that people get into when they're training for something, especially new people is they think they have to do the distance prior to the event. Now, it's, it's, just, it's just not the case. You don't have to do all three, the distance on the day, you know, prior to the event. You will probably swim the full swim at some point. You'll, you'll probably bike the full bike at some point. You may or may not get in the full run distance, and that's fine. It doesn't mean that you're not going to finish. It doesn't mean that you're not going to finish strong. I have a ton of people who, like, the highest run, even in a full Ironman, the longest run they'll ever do is is 18 miles, and they'll qualify for Kona. You know, yeah. smash it. I remember out. there was a few a few years ago that there was a pro female who had never done a marathon distance. Absolutely, had never run 26, and was doing it on the back end of her first Ironman. There's a few, and there, she won it. Yeah, there's a few, <laughs> there's several pros out there that go and do very low run volume uh because it beats them up yeah you know and the quality of their training goes down and they they risk a lot of injuries i mean there's uh there's a few that won't ever run over 20k yeah so i mean i think that goes back to what you said earlier risk versus reward right like the reward you get from doing the distance prior to is all here yeah yeah you're whereas the risk is you, you put a lot of fatigue in the body. If you're in that six to seven range and you're trying to do the full distance beforehand, that's a massive day of training, which is going to impact all of your tw- training on the subsequent days, yeah. the days after that. You're going to have to take a longer recovery. Or if you don't, you're going to risk injury uh, trying to jump back into it too soon. So you sacrifice potentially quality training just for that little mental boost that you would get. Yeah. And if you, if you instead think about each individual uh, discipline and building confidence there. And if you go into race day confident, yeah, you're all good. Like you, you have to understand that what, what you're trying to do in order for your body to be prepared to do that whole distance in one day is accumulate fatigue over a week, several weeks, uh, so that your body is then prepared to do a, the bulk of that in one day. Yeah. So, when we lay out a program, it's usually three weeks worth of accumulating fatigue. And so by the 
by that end of that third week, especially during high volume, that like long run on Sunday or whatever is going to feel like what it's going to feel like when you, when you jump off the bike after 56 miles and start to run. So that's the goal. Like, and you will actually accumulate more fatigue resistance than you actually need to finish the race. If you do it that way, accumulate, 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 and then unload and then do it again. And you get stronger and your body is more prepared to do longer efforts and be out there longer. Mm -hmm. Um, which kind of jumps into the next part of this. Yeah. Giving yourself the time to allow your body to gradually accumulate and then unload fatigue yep. as opposed to having to cram for the test and try to do it all. Worst case possible. Yes. Yeah. Your body can only stress itself and recover so fast, right? Yeah. You can, well, you can stress yourself pretty fast, but you have to account for the recovery aspect of things. I you have to overdo say- it too much, too soon, too hard. Like, Injury, burnout. Not to go on an aside here, um, but, uh, but, but. <laughs> but about six years ago, I had a guy contact me to help him train for uh, Ironman Australia. And uh, I was like, okay, great. And then I was like, Ironman Australia, I'm like, that's, that's like six weeks. Like, it was like six weeks from when like he contacted. I was like, uh, what have you been doing? And he had been doing like some training, but like not nearly enough. Oh. And so we got him ready. I mean, he had an okay day, not great, but you know, he finished and, and whatnot. But that is the worst case scenario is yeah. to give yourself a very short amount of time to train for something like this. Um, generally speaking, we, we say six months minimum. If it's your first one, Six months minimum. Uh, on a full iron, one year minimum if it's your first one. Uh, unless you're, you've been racing for years and you've done several halves and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, but if, if you're new to triathlon... Yeah, and we're it, talking about couch. Yeah. So if you're very new to triathlon and you just decide to jump in head first on a, on a half distance, you have to give yourself six months minimum. Our training group opens in January for a October race. So... Yeah. We're, we're getting 10 months out of these folks. Yeah. And it's all because you, you really have to give yourself plenty of time and then you have to allow for life to happen. Yeah. Uh, when we like think about, there's a lot of things people don't think about when, they're, when they've signed up for this thing. Like they don't look at when the race is. They don't look backwards from there and say, oh, this week is spring break. This week, I've already got a vacation that I'm going to be gone for two weeks. This is the big work uh, this, trip. Yeah, this is when my work gets crazy. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, that kind of thing. Um, you have to allow plenty of time for those things to happen. And if you're, if you're on top of it, you'll plan ahead for those things yeah. and try to make those weeks lighter anyways. Yeah. And then when you can work in your volume around it. Mm-hmm. But six months minimum. I mean, if you're... Um, you know, if you're do if you're kind of a little bit experienced and you're and you're probably fit enough to do like a sprint try right now, probably get done in four to five months. Um, if you're kind of one of those people that feel like you're fit enough to do an Olympic distance race right now, you could probably get get away with it in three to four months. But those are minimums for sure yeah. because uh, you always have to you have to figure that you're gonna you're gonna factor in recovery weeks because you need them, mm-hmm. and you have to factor in for those weeks that are just gonna 
Yeah, life life happens. Yeah. Illness, like it's not uncommon for people to get sick once or twice a year. Uh, we're living in the day of the Rona. Yeah. <laughs> so we got to... That's two weeks. Yeah, that's at least two. That's, yeah. that's 14 days. Yeah. And two brain pokes. And t- yeah, two brain swabs. Yeah, so you have to factor in those things. Yeah. So let's break it down. So a, a basic guideline here. Uh, we're going to break it into basically six months. Yep. All right. Uh, the the, the um, presentation we have online basically breaks it into 10 months. Mm-hmm. But you could fast forward if you want to to the where we <laughs> But you're going to miss a lot. I mean, yeah. you can condense. You could probably condense the first uh, four months into, you know. I think what happens, uh, and you'll see as we kind of chat through, is the longer you wait, the more you're going to neglect what we're going to talk right. about in month one here. You, yeah, there's a lot of things you don't get to work on on the exactly. front end before you have no choice but to do a bunch of volume. Exactly. And those are things, if you do work on them on the front end, then you're going to be way better off oh, yeah. on race day. Well, and we want you to enjoy the experience, right? We're not here. We, we don't want you to just become a bucket list person. We want you to fall in love with the sport, stay consistent, and let this kind of lead you into more things down the road, more racing. Yeah. And the more you enjoy it and the more time you have in the process, the greater your chance of that happening. Yeah, the the if you have a good experience with it, you'll probably stick to it. You'll mm-hmm. probably stay in the sport. And for us as coaches, that's like the number one goal. Yeah. Especially sure. with new people. If you're never if you've never done triathlon and your first experience is terrible, you're probably not gonna do anymore. It's not gonna be good. So all right. All right. Month one. Month so, one. So if you're coming off of doing almost nothing or very little in like one sport, general fitness or whatever, you've got to take, you know, the first month to build the routine, build routine and build consistency. And that's where we were talking about, you're going to be doing two sessions a day sometimes. A lot of times. Yeah. 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 Most, most days, <laughs> yeah. like you're going to be doing two sessions. So you, you need to take uh, the time to build and get used to working out five to six days a week. And, and doing two sessions a day. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have to be a lot at first, yep. but you're just, you just have to work, like build it into your life. Yep, and exactly. It, I've, I've actually had this conversation with two different people in the past week and a half um, who I, I've told them it's less important how much you're doing right now. They're people that are just trying to get, get exercising, right? So yep. it's less important how much you're doing. Once you can carve out 15 minutes, it's going to be easier to push that to an hour than for a lot of people finding the 15 minutes in the first place. So adjust that routine, get those habits in place that allow you to do a 15 or a 20 minute workout two times a day. And then from there, once that routine's there, carving out another 10 minutes on either side or 20 minutes on either side of that becomes much, much easier. Yeah. Yeah. Go backwards in the timeline of these podcasts. And we've got two or three other podcasts that are specifically on building routines, mm-hmm. how to wake up early in the morning, mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff, because it is such a challenge for so many people. Um, but you got to take the time to build a routine and build consistency. So oh, the C word. Yeah. You're, so you're, you're, you're putting those sessions in, finding out where they go. And then for, for a few weeks, your, your goal is just to continue that yep. and to hit that week after week after week and be consistent. And once you've built the routine, like now we can kind of like, start to add a little bit to it. So mm-hmm. month two, you're going to start, um, you're going to add more sessions. So, well, in the first month, you're probably doing like maybe two of each sport. Um, 
you know, and you might only be doing one session a day at first. Now we're kind of continuing to build on the routine and we're going to add sessions. And so you're adding another 15, 20, 30 minute session here. Um, And then, you know, so that means you're increasing your frequency. Mm -hmm. So you're doing more swimming, you're doing more biking, you're doing more running. You're not necessarily doing a ton more um, in one session, but you're just increasing the number of sessions that you're doing. But just by doing that, you've gone, you know, at least 50% more of a training load on the body. So it's, it has a natural way of increasing your training load. Somewhere between 33 to 50% more. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So you with the calculators out right now. (laughs) Yeah. So you're just adding more sessions. Um, you know, in month two, you can start to kind of scale up your long, mm-hmm. uh, your longer workouts, which for most people are generally Saturday, Sunday. Um, but your, your goal is still to get to that point where you're doing five to six, uh, days a week of training and you're trying to get close to three swims, three bikes, three runs. That's nine. And two strength training sessions. That's 11. It's 11 sessions. <laughs> now, that doesn't always happen for everyone. Yeah. And so, you know, a lot of times people may not swim quite as much or as frequently. Unfortunately, strength training gets cut out quite a bit, which is a huge mistake. If you can fit in 15, 20 minutes there right before another session, that is way more beneficial than doing none of it at all. Mm-hmm. That's all I'm going to say on that. Um, but that month too, you are building out the rest of your like full training load basically. Yep. All right. So by now your body's in a flow. Yeah. Routine is set. Habits are made. Body's flowing. Correct. So now, now we're kind of in that last four months of, and that's kind of why we say like, if you're, if you're fit enough to, to do a sprint or an Olympic, you can probably get it done, you know, in in four months, five months, something like that. So, um, Month three, you should be working quite a bit of like zone two, but technique. So technique, pedal stroke on the bike, swim technique. If you are um, at this point, you should have enough muscular endurance in the water to actually work on technique. Swimming is a little bit weird to where like you can't just go in the pool having zero fitness and work on technique because you're more focused on not drowning. So good goal. Yeah. So, um, after you've done a little bit of time in the pool, you can actually like get with a swim coach or join a master's group or a group that can help you with technique a little bit, um, and put that into your training. Mm -hmm. So pedal stroke, swim stroke, running mechanics. Um, this is kind of where all this stuff, if you work on this on the front end, it pays dividends down the road because you're more mechanically efficient um, you're less prone of prone for injury, all that good stuff. So while you're building up that overall volume, kind of adding time to each session, you're going to be working on technique. That's like the main focus, mm-hmm. building out some longer efforts, working on technique. Yep. All right. So in month four, um, we would highly recommend that you kind of like, let's, you know, if you can, let's start racing. Let's, let's get some experience. Um, so doing a sprint or an Olympic distance try is a big one. Um, you know, you're building up, um, physical strength, you know, you should, you should have probably, we'll say in month three, you're probably going to start running off the bike. 
Um, yep. You know, nothing big, 10 minutes, 15 yeah, more minutes, of those something like that. Style Just runs. transition yeah. runs. Yep. Um, so you've already done a little bit of running off the bike, weekend volumes going up. Um, but we want to get some experience in because you don't want to go into a, <laughs> a half iron with zero triathlon experience. So, you know, it fi- also helps provide that, that boost, you know, being in yep. that environment where, oh man, so exciting after a race to have completed uh, a race and just feeling yeah. the energy afterwards and the excitement that comes from that, it's going to help springboard your motivation, your dedication. It's yeah. going to re-energize you. You know, by this point in time, if you've been kind of feeling like you're just kind of slogging it out, I mean, immediate yeah. impact. Yeah, you definitely can't race every weekend. No. Uh, but getting some experience there huge confidence boost you get to, you get into the community a little bit more you might yep. find some new training partners um you know there's so many benefits to getting out and racing mm-hmm. supporting local races you know without those running through the routine so that on race day right. for your your goal event you're not gonna be nearly as nervous because you've gone through it before yep so all of it all of it's huge yeah and so getting in that practice race really is important um and that in that like that month four two, you're you're also kind of like building in some more race specific efforts. So mm-hmm. you might build in some intensity. Um, you may do an actual brick workout, which in my opinion is like bike run, bike run, bike run intervals, uh, something like that uh, to kind of prepare for this practice race. Um, we still haven't really hit massive volume yet, but you know, this, this, every month of this six months, there is going to be an increase in volume. That's yep. the goal where, you know, yep. the big goal is a big day. So we yep. got to keep adding volume each month. Um, after that, so after that, like practice race, if you've really prepared for it, well, I would highly recommend the next week taking pretty easy. Uh, let your brain kind of settle. Um, don't lose your routines. Do, don't don't back off a routine, but just back off the volume and the the intensity for a week, and get wrap your head around what's about to come. Yep. Um, because basically in month five, this is where we're going to be month five into month six. We're going to be hitting our mega volume. Yeah. By now, all of your connective tissue has adapted. It's it's all built up to where you can tolerate a higher training load. Yep. So we're not to say that injury risk isn't high, but if you've gone through those first few months and let the body adapt slowly over time, you should have developed an ability to handle a higher a higher volume, higher training load. Now, <laughs> you can still hurt yourself if you go out and do too much too much high intensity, too much volume. So there's there's ways you can still get hurt, but um, going into this, the body should be pretty well prepared to handle this mega volume. I mean, that's the big reason not like that you have to give yourself time, right? Yeah. Is that the body that you're, you have to build up durability mm-hmm. over time. And yeah, I mean, by the time, you know, a- after you've done four months worth of training and then some racing, yep. your body's prepared to, yep. to do the mega volume. Yep. I, it's not, w- the point here is just, you can't just skip the first three. And no. jump to mega volume and expect to uh, survive it. Um, so yeah, your, your injury risk skyrockets. Yeah. So basically, in mega volume, for a lot of people, this is kind of just a a little tip that uh, I use with a lot. If you're an older athlete, um, 
you know, 50 plus, 55 plus, 60 plus. Um, a lot of times, if you're new to it, we will scale it into like two mega volume weeks and then a recovery week and then two more mega volume weeks and then a recovery week and that's six weeks. And so you're putting in, you're putting in shorter blocks, but you need a little bit more recovery. So yep. it's built in a little bit more frequently. Um, but when you're in these mega volume blocks, like that's where you're going to hit your, you know, maybe 3000 yard swim session and that 2100 yard straight swim. Um, this is where you're going to hit, um, your, uh, longest bike, you know, your, your 60 to 80 mile bike ride. Uh, this is where you're going to hit your longest run somewhere between 10 and, you know, 14 miles, uh, on the run. So one of the big tips here is that I don't put all those in the same week. <laughs> so I'll have like, I'll have you hit your longest bike one week and your longest run the next not in the same, uh, in the same week, uh, you know, and then the swim is fine to kind of mix in there wherever, but longest bike and longest run don't ever happen for me anyways on the same week. Risk reward, just not there. Um, and then in this kind of like mega volume, you will be extending out your transition runs. So this is where everybody thinks of bricks. Mm -hmm. Um, so for me, I usually start just at like three miles, for a lot of people, uh, off the bike, off your long bike. And then again, so it's, it never goes over six. So you might go three, four recovery or three, four, five recovery. And then six being the, the kind of like last mega volume, um, or, you know, three, four recovery, five, six recovery, you know, so we're kind of building out those longer transition runs, uh, during mega volume here. Um, the other key here is that we so as coaches we try to keep um the weekday volume as low as possible for a lot of people until it's totally necessary to bring it up because it's harder to get longer blocks of training in and life you know all that stuff so but in the mega volume this is where we're going to have to kind of add a little bit to the weekday stuff so mm -hmm. well you might have been doing maybe an hour to an hour and 15 ride or something like that during the week. Now you're going to be doing an hour and 15 to an hour and a half ride or something like that. Some people will get upwards of like two hour rides during the week. Um, but you've got to kind of bump some volume during the week and it can be easily be in like just 15 minute blocks. Yep. Um, so while you're doing your long run, that's going to end up being like two hours. You're, you might have another run during the week. That's 75 minutes, something like that. Um, is it pain train? We haven't <laughs> had a pain train in a while. That's been a while. Um, so we have to build in a little bit of volume. There we go. This <laughs> is way to put that up there. Uh, so we got to build a little bit of volume in during the week so that we are in fact getting mega volume. Well, yeah, if you rewind towards the beginning of this, you talked about that accumulation of fatigue, right? So this is where the accumulation part yeah, really happens. You're accumulating during the week, you're accumulating week to week, and then that's better simulating on the weekends when you are bumping and going with that higher volume. It's simulating that load you're gonna be feeling, you're gonna have that fatigue you're gonna have on race day. Yeah, and for, for new people, I will put out there that once you get into mega volume, um, most of your training 
bike and run anyways. Swim can still have some focus because it is su such little impact on the body yeah. for most people. Um, but bike and run really at this point is really about just doing. It's really about getting in, you know, you're gonna do a lot of zone two stuff, um, yeah. pretty steady, easy by feel. Um, it really is just about accumulating volume at this point. Yeah. Because that's what your race is. Like Exactly. Your race is one big volume day. Mm -hmm. um, so. Yeah, it's not necessarily the most exciting of training. Yeah. It, it, unless you love zone two, zone three. Yeah, unless you like riding. Fairly, but also when you can be putting in technique. Yep. You know, you can break down sessions into different areas of focus mentally to help time pass faster. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's just kind of one of those things where if you, like, once you start putting in more volume, you get in these boosts in volume, even if you kind of, like, leave that intensity that you were previously doing in there, mm -hmm. intensity is an exponential stress. So, um, it can be the thing that kind of throws you overboard if yeah. you're, you know, risk reward. Yep. It's just not there, you know, to, to leave it in there if you're newer. Now, we do have athletes that when they're in like this last mega volume, we do keep some like tempo work in or some yeah. something like that in because for them that is race pace work. Yeah. Um, so, but if you're new to it, it's really about doing. Exactly. And, and getting it done. Yep. Um, if you are in, you know, if you're doing strength training, if you especially if you're doing heavy lifting, we, we got to back off the, the heavier lifting just to reduce fatigue from that. Um, continue to do mobility work, core work, you know, just kind of strength maintenance stuff. Um, but this, this last, you know, this is kind of like the last eight weeks before the event. You've got to dial in your fueling. Like nutrition and hydration is the fourth sport in, especially in long course, anything, in long course triathlon, it's the fourth sport. Yep. So if you're not taking the time to play with your hydration strategy as far as volumes and concentrations of electrolytes and stuff like that, um, if you're not dialing in your fueling and finding out what foods work for you and how often you need to eat, there's, we have other podcasts that help you with that too. Oh yeah. You know, if you're not dialing in your fueling for these long efforts, then you will probably get to race day and screw it up. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, got to dial it in. Yeah, that's that's when the person's going to get to race day and go, oh, what's my friend doing? Or jumping online and oh, saying, gosh. how much should I be fueling for a uh, half Ironman? Don't do that. Yeah. Practice it in advance. Absolutely if you have not. questions on what you should be doing, email us or drop us a note on fit. Like we're happy to assist and provide pointers and, and feedback there. Yeah, so we, we can't do, uh, you know, we can't write you a specific nutrition plan. Exactly. But, but if you have no idea, yeah, like, yeah, drop us a line. I, like that's part of the experience part, right? So like mm -hmm. you could be as fit as a fiddle. Fit as a fiddle. Fiddles are fit. And they are. But you can <laughs> screw, you can screw up your, Nutrition or hydration on race day. Nutrition, hydration, pacing. Pacing is another sport. one. But you, if you can, if you screw those up, yeah. it ruins your experience, and then oh, you're yeah. probably not coming back. That's where you're just chasing down Porta Johns. <laughs> yeah. Sixth sport. This. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Porta John sprints. Porta John sprints. Yeah, those are never good, really. <laughs> it's the worst one is when you get to the Porta John and somebody's already. In oh it. yeah. <laughs> Like I or, did not, or you're diving, I did not have a backup plan. Just diving for the woods. Have a backup plan. I, I, another aside, 
one of the funniest moments I've ever had in racing was Ironman Lake Placid. Uh-huh. Doing one of the long climbs on the backside of the course, because you're going slow, yeah. like climbing at like eight miles an hour. And I saw this bike on the side of the road. And I was like, oh no, did somebody crash and like careen over the side of the... And I, look, I looked over and there's just somebody squatting in the woods. And like, but it looks like, they, you know, you know how like a, a dog looks when they're using the bathroom, just like completely vulnerable. And like, uh, the most, somewhat guilty. <laughs> yeah, the most vulnerable point in your life ever. That's what, it just made me laugh. Uh, so yeah, you have, you have to dial that nutrition and hydration in. Now, uh, end of that block, you know, we're talking like, if you're talking the week of the race and the week before the race, we have to start dialing things back. This is where you hear the taper, like you, you hear taper all the time. Um, you are going to dial things back in the last two weeks. Um, you definitely want to be working race pace, but if you think about race pace, race pace for somebody new is going to be pretty easy. Yep. So you're going to be doing like easy stuff or like painfully easy stuff to yeah. kind of help the body unload that last bit of fatigue from those, from those mega volume weeks. Um, you know, again, work, keep the routine, keep working on your fueling. Um, and then you can kind of, this is kind of like where, um, three weeks out, you're kind of getting in that last brick, uh, Two weeks out, you're kind of doing, like most of the time for me, my athletes don't do more than two hours ride and like an hour run, maybe an hour and 15 run uh, on the weekends as they're long stuff. And it's generally on and off race pace, you know, yep. um, nothing that's going to continue to load the body. Um, you can knock out some good straight swimming. If you can get in the open water, I mean, with, you know, get in open water as much as you can. If you have the opportunity, make one of your swims a week in the open water. Yeah. Work on sighting, work on turning, you know, swimming around buoys and stuff like that. Huge advantage. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you don't necessarily have that opportunity, try to make it work, try to make it happen, um, you know, within the last two, three weeks and just get comfortable putting on your wetsuit if you have one. Um, swimming in that wetsuit, swimming in the open water in general, you know, that's something that for a lot of new people is a, is kind of a pinch point. So if you can do that, get over that little hump and Mm -hmm. you're going to be money on race day. Um, you know, in the, in the, um, race week, you know, not to break, not to go too much into it, but we don't need to do anything new. Worse worst mistake ever is making doing something trying something new on race day specifically nutrition um but you really don't want to try you're not going to like gain massive fitness in this last week so nope don't expect to go any faster than you were going in the uh kind of toward the end of your mega volume um you know and just you know go in and create a plan for yourself you know go by feel uh too many people get caught up on the numbers in the first one and there's so many unknowns when you haven't done it before mm-hmm. that you, you've got to give yourself kind of plan a plan b um you yeah. know yeah relative to your goals yeah right especially if you're going for like a time-based goal and i just and honestly i i try to get most first timers and be like 
we want to finish with a smile on our faces, get an awesome finish line photo, and you know, and a well executed race. Like there, I feel like there's a lot of folks that will get to to race day and then just lose focus. And just know, especially if it's a longer event, like easier at the start is always good because you're going to be tired at the end. But mentally, don't lose focus. Don't forget to eat. Don't forget about pacing. Don't for, like don't forget about these things that you should be managing. Don't forget to breathe. Like think your way through the event, and that goes into having having a, a race plan set up. Like when are you going to eat? How much are you going to eat? How much are you going to drink? You've already tested it in your training. Now make sure you, if you need to set a timer on your, your bike or on your, you know, on your watch during the run, like whatever it is to remind you to do that stuff, do it, but don't get lazy and lose focus, especially, you know, two hours from the finish line and get to one hour to go and just have nothing left and have bonk city hit you because that's not going to be good. Yeah. I can tell you from experience that even if you have a coach that tells you and reminds you and yeah. checks in with you that morning, <laughs> mm-hmm. you can still get caught up in the atmosphere. Cause these, look at these races, uh, Ironman brand and then challenge brand and all these like bigger branded races, a lot of people, uh, mm-hmm. very, exciting. very exciting atmosphere is really, mm-hmm. really, really awesome. Uh, which is what keeps people coming back. Um, but it is so easy to just go out, like go out Squirrel. guns a blazing. <laughs> yeah. And then, oh, yeah. and then you like, I, like people getting, you know, not having the best race in, and we kind of look back at it and we're like, okay, well, what did you, what did you drink on this 112 mile bike ride? And they're like, oh, well, I had a hundred ounces. <laughs> Two bottles. And I'm like, it's <laughs> like three, you know, that's like three liters and that's it. Like, yeah. and it was hot that day. Like, yeah. That's not enough. We talked about this. Like, mm-hmm. So you, you got to have that nutrition and hydration plan just set stone. Mm-hmm. Like it's just part of it. And don't let the excitement early on suck you into going harder than you should. Yeah. Where that adrenaline's going and yeah. you're feeling like a champ. And then uh, that'll come back. It always comes back to get you. So have the discipline to stick to your you know pace goals, especially initially. And then you can always ramp more late. If you're feeling good, the first part of every leg is going to feel better than the last. So don't let that confuse you that, yeah. that you're on like amazing fitness that day mm-hmm. and just stick to the plan. You yep. know, your body at that point, you know, what your body can push, um, just stick to it and yep. you'll be much happier at the finish line. Yep. Definitely. All right. I think that kind of lays it out. Yeah. I think, uh, you know, for, if someone doesn't know what they're getting into now, then, uh, We've either scared you out of it or... <laughs> I don't know what to say. We've either scared you out of doing it all together or, um, yeah. or you now have an idea of what, what you need to be getting done. Mm-hmm. And again, you can go, uh, go to our website, check out that, that presentation that breaks it down even more into yep. what type of efforts you need to be doing when and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and like if, you're, if you need some more guidance, obviously reach out to us, you know, if you're looking into coaching or, uh, we have an awesome, um, training group. That's all like the training group has been fantastic. Uh, everyone's kind of trained toward the same goal. Everyone's kind of going toward the Ironman Memphis 70.3. Um, we have a beginner's group and we also have what we call the squad, which is a little bit more intermediate, uh, level athletes. Um, and those, those groups are charging, man. They're, they're on it. And, 
And I, I have a feeling we're going to have a lot plenty of, of space if you want to join up. Yeah, we're going to have a lot of really, uh, really awesome finish line photos come October. I like it. That's going to be actual uh, session, right? Where everyone practices their finish line photo. Oh, absolutely. We Good. Don't, we don't waste. Good. The, rule number one of of long course is don't waste your finish line photo. I like it's it. on my it's on my uh, race <laughs> recap e- or my race plan email race to every plan. athlete. Uh, I like it. Absolutely. All right, crew. All right. We all appreciate we everyone hanging out, listening, watching. We'll catch you guys next time. Peace. Adios. Thank you.